did one of our extra-large podcasts yesterday with a Dr. Drew Pinsky. You might know him from Celebrity Rehab or Love Line with Adam Carolla or a number of different things. Yeah, I wouldn't hold that against him. Wouldn't hold what against him? He's uh, the wacky shows he's done. I like Love Line. Yeah, and actually, uh, some of the celebrity rehab stuff I found interesting. I, I didn't watch much of it. But Carmen Electra got her act together, if I fine. remember correct. God bless her. Anyway, so we did this podcast with Dr. Drew, and uh, mental health professionals have already latched onto it. It's at armstrongandgetty.com. We just taped it yesterday. but um, And we, and, and more particularly the doctor, are getting a lot of high fives for finally somebody's telling the truth and somebody's nailing it about what is at the root of homelessness. And and we'll play you some clips of it, including one in which, and, and if you remember nothing else, remember this. Dr. Drew is so adamant he's angry that it is not primarily a housing prices problem. And that is so irresponsible to bring into the issue because it clouds it and it's just about politics and money then. It's about mental illness and addiction. Why don't we go ahead and and play a couple of highlights of that? Why don't let's for for the sake let's start with clip number twenty eight, uh, Doctor Drew with A and G. Why does it seem so much worse on the streets in the last ten years? That's Prop forty seven. That that is that is uh, first of all, well, there's new people with mental illness every day. They have gradually strangulated the definition of gravely disabled. So so you can't bring people into a facility for treatment unless they say they're going to kill themselves or kill somebody else. And if on the way in they go, hey, I was just kidding. They can, they're only allowed to ask two questions. You know where to get food? Yeah, there's an Arby's over there. You know where you're going to live? Yeah, I've got a tent on the underpass on Highland. That's it. You have to let them go at that point. So the notion of somebody being gravely disabled, having losing their leg from infection, lying in the street, you can't touch them. They, they, you, not only can you not touch them, you can't touch their belongings. So one of the one of the phenomenon uh, of the chronically psychotic patients is they will hoard their stools and urine. Can't touch that. Can't touch anything. They're entitled to do whatever they want, man. And that is killing people. It is ridiculous that we don't have gravely disabled anymore. There's a bill in Sacramento, SB 640. Uh, State Senator um, Morlock has brought families up there by the dozen saying, please help us. We Our loved ones on the street, we have resources, we have doctors, we have a bed to put them in, we'll nourish them. Help us get these people home. They're told to take a hike. It's It's morally reprehensible. What our legislator is doing in Sacramento, it's truly reprehensible. Did he say hoard their stools and urine? Yeah. Yep. Boy, if that doesn't qualify you as some level of crazy, to society can take a look at you. Of course, yeah. I, guess, I guess if I decide I want to hoard my urine at home in jars, I'm being serious here. Right. The state doesn't get to lock me up for that. Yeah, I wouldn't, but uh, yeah, you're right. So... One clip we played earlier in the show, and I wish we could now, but there's a lot to listen to, and you can listen to it uh, via the podcast. But we talk about the craze in the uh, middle part of the 20th century for the community health centers that were supposed to uh, prevent mental illness. Uh, John Kennedy, the president, fell under the sway of these uh, psychiatrists who were pushing this untried theory, which had no data behind it and was utterly a complete failure. I mean, it was just a disaster. But in that period, and that was up to and including the period where Ronald Reagan was the governor of California, um, all the mental hospitals were closed because this new craze sweeping psychiatry was that they could, you know, just have people drop by if they're feeling stressed to their local mental health center, and that would prevent schizophrenia. I mean, it was just bizarre and ridiculous. Um, And we talked to him at length about that. 
But so now we have nowhere to put the people, even if we designate them as gravely disabled. And Drew, one of the things he's pushing really hard for are changes to the laws so that medical pros can say, look, this person is gravely disabled. They are going to die horribly on the street. Put them in a hospital. Because you can't do that for the mentally ill if, as he pointed out, they know their way to the Arby's and they have a tent. Uh, Moving along... Oh, more on California's disastrous uh, Prop 47, which decriminalized a lot of crime. Uh, Let's do uh, clip 28. I'm sorry. Is that what we just played? 28 we just played. The next one? Yeah, Yeah. 29. You mentioned uh, California's Prop 47, and I know from reading some of the stuff you've written, you're as staunchly uh, critical of it as us. Why don't you explain for folks what it was and why you think it relates to our problem? So so I'm actually probably not as critical as you because I'm very sympathetic to the idea that these people do not belong in prison. Drug addicts don't belong in prison. They belong in mandated treatment that is not prison, that is life-saving intervention. Prop 47 was an attempt to deal with the excessive uh, uh, imprisonment of the drug addicts. Instead, they made drug use and drug trafficking essentially a misdemeanor. And you give a drug addict a misdemeanor citation, are you ever going to see them again? No. So it's a zero. It's a zero. You're also allowed in Prop 57 to steal $950 a day, misdemeanor. So they can traffic their drugs, use their drugs, steal to support the habit, unencumbered by law enforcement, who have just given up. They, they don't even – you just walk in a Target that, someday and watch people walk right past the, uh, the cashier. It happens all day long because law enforcement can do nothing. Citing them does nothing. So we have to create some kind of mandated treatment system. Otherwise, you are murdering these people. These are – make no mistake about it. People that defend Prop 47 are murderers. I've been dealing with drug addicts for 30 years. This is active killing of drug addicts. You can't allow an addict to use unencumbered and not expect them to die. It's a fatal illness. We know that. So anyone that defends the status quo is a murderer, period. Just because we're acting as enablers as a society. It's worse than enabling. It's it's actually an active encouragement of the progression of a fatal illness rather than intervening in a way that allows. And by the way, if they wanted to say, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to create nursing homes where nurses administer the heroin and the amphetamine all day long and we keep them safe. If they want to do that, fine, go do that. I, I wouldn't even object to that. But if you're just letting addicts run unencumbered, they die. So you have to do one or the other. You have to go all the way and start administering the substance to them in a controlled environment, or you have to intervene. And trust me, having dealt with thousands of homeless drug addicts, they're way happier when you get them so He's he's way more optimistic about the rehab thing than I am. It's a for-profit business, and he's on the uh, profit end of it for a lot of his life. I just, I, I've not seen that experience. Now, he'd say, I've been doing this for 30 years. What do you know? But, so, okay, so you, 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 you make these people go to a rehab. So it sounds like it's kind of like a jail, but it's all about getting off your drug as opposed to, you know, just regular it's, incarceration. It's, it's a hospital whether, whether you want to be there or not. Which I get. But if they come out of there and they do drugs again, then where do we send them? At what point do we send them to regular jail? Because I know that happens. Eventually. I know that happens over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. These people, a lot of these people don't want to quit. I, I do not believe it. And I, I'm sure if he was on the phone right now, he'd say, they do. They want to quit. I don't believe it. Most of these people don't want to quit bad enough to actually quit. 
So well, then what are you going to do? I hate to bring an adult discussion into the politics of Cal Unicornia because it's just it's not welcome. And Prop 47, which actually he misspoke, Prop 57 had nothing to do with what we were talking about. But anyway, the disastrous Prop 47, it was a perfect example of California politics in that it feels really good to say... These people aren't criminals, they're addicts, and they need help. So we're going to, you know, decriminalize drug use, drugs dealing, and and usually it's addicts that steal, so we're going to decriminalize stealing up to $950 and, and blah, blah, blah. But what then? That's the question that's never asked in California politics. What then? And so we went from a situation where if somebody was a junkie and broke the law over and over again, you know, possession, dealing, theft, assault, whatever, they would end up behind bars. And then opportunities, probably not great opportunities, but to get into a drug court or a rehab program or something were there, or just to stop using behind bars. People thought, okay, that's not great. That's probably not good. So they passed Prop 47, and now there's nothing. So now they're just on the streets taking and dealing and stealing and beating and, and masturbating in the park or whatever. But the what then was never answered. So Dr. Drew, I suspect, would say the what then is his compulsory hospitals. The you got to get clean hospitals. And in Joe Getty's world, you'd give people, uh, assuming for the time being, that's a decent policy. You give people a couple, two, three chances at it. And you keep sticking them down there to get to get help, to get healing, you know, the, the good state of the art uh, drug rehab stuff. And if they keep flaking or they don't stick with it or whatever, then they go to jail. I mean, if you're going to c- keep committing crimes, you go to jail. But let's not overthink this stuff. I love the drug court program, by the way. It's uh, in most states now, I think, where, if look, if you're just a junkie and you say to the judge, I did these things, it's because I'm a freaking junkie and I hate my life, I really want to get clean. Well, then they'll say, all right, listen, here are the resources to get clean. We're going to help you. We're going to monitor you. And if you get clean, we're going to forget about all the dumb stuff you did. I don't have any problem with that, honestly. Um, but now we've got, like, nothing. So it's And it's so dumb. And it's based, as he pointed out on a previous clip, based on totally discredited theories of 60, 80 years ago, our current mental health care system. If he's got numbers that show rehabs being more successful than any of the numbers I've ever seen, you can look up on the Internet. I'd like to see him. Just, I just don't think it works that often. I, that, that's a very pessimistic attitude, but mm-hmm. I, I don't, and so, and I don't have an answer for what you do. Yeah. If those don't work, then you should what? But I just, right. I just don't think they work that often. Well, I, as you've pointed out, if you want to quit really, really bad, your chances are just iffy. If you don't want to quit, and the authorities are just telling you you have to, then or it's your boss be, or your parents or your brother or whoever's telling you you should, but you don't really want to. It's going to be extremely expensive and extremely iffy. Positive, Sean, you had a thought? Yeah, I feel like Dr. Drew would just have the stance of if we save one, then it's worth it, right? The the We don't have to – I don't think he would argue that we need to cure 80% of the people that come through. Yeah, well, my stance as a taxpayer is I'm not willing to spend all my tax money on a bunch of people that just keep getting high the rest of their lives to save one person. Yeah, I'm not. Th- that's the uh, sort of... And, and he didn't say that, so I'm not arguing against him. Right, um, right. he didn't say that. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm the assuming. sort of greeting card rhetoric that you get a lot in, in California politics. Um, uh, how much? How much of, of your paycheck, Sean, should we confiscate to throw at a program that has a 1 in 20 success rate? And, you know, every individual would answer that question differently, but that's the point. We get together and vote on these things. If, if it worked, I'd be all for it. I get it. Would you, it would be the cheapest thing for for society. You still got to put and it the, would improve the quality of life in a you, lot of cities. You still got, just talking about the drug addicts, not the people that start with mental illness, you still got to put the, um, uh, 
you know, the blame on them from start for starting in the first place. But once they're drug addicts and they're out on the street, it's probably cheaper for me as a taxpayer to get them off the street. They're not going to break into my car and end up in the right. emergency room right. and all this different stuff. Maybe we start with a serious move at new laws that deal with people who are helpless from mental illness. Mm. And we get those people off the street and into help, even if they say, no, I'm fine. If a panel of doctors says, no, you're not. And, you know, you have to regulate this stuff and watch it very, very carefully. Um, But maybe that's the place to start. Well, I have a, have a feeling we're, we're going to launch uh, on a very, very expensive experiment, and we'll see how it works out. Yeah, well, we're kind of in the midst of a very, very expensive experiment now. But, yeah, they want to throw hundreds of billions of dollars. But do not fall for the, it's a housing crisis. Oh, yeah, at least it's we're not. At least we're discussing the right end of it. <laughs> right. There, there is an incredibly uh, short supply of housing in a lot of the West Coast because progressive zoning policies have made it impossible to build. But that is a separate problem from the enormous numbers of junkies and mentally ill on our streets. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Bernie Sanders is now refusing, did you hear this, refusing to release his full medical records. (laughs) That is true. Yeah, the senator defended himself. He said, it's not my fault. No one kept records during the bubonic plague. They didn't have... I know, it's an old joke. Record keeping. <laughs> that whole story sound is a little misleading, I finally uh, found out. He's, he's released, like, the recent heart attack stuff and a bunch of cardiologist stuff, and he's just not releasing every bit of medical records he's ever had. Mm. Which is a little strange, but uh, the yeah. heart stuff is out there. Yeah, I'm not that bothered oh, by I'm that. not bothered by it at all. Yeah, at I, all. I don't, I, I'm I, fine. I don't need to know that he had a whatever, you know, in 1978. Right. <clears throat> other than hard on for the Soviet Union. What? Right. That was unnecessary. I don't think that would be in a medical report. These are, these are, <laughs> we need more honesty, not less these days. Sorry for the harsh talk. How folks. would your doctor find that? So, listen, uh, on a more serious note, in a follow-up to the last segment, uh, we got this note from uh, Carl, who says, uh, Thanks for keeping the issue of homelessness at the forefront. This issue is personal to me because my wife of over 40 years and I are the parents of a homeless man. Now, I want you to listen to this. Our homeless son is an honorably discharged veteran that during his working years made hundreds of thousands of dollars, traveled the world, had a big, beautiful home with his lovely wife and children. Fast forward to now. He, we don't know where he's living now. Last time we visited him, he was living under a blue tarp in a no-man's land near some railroad tracks, surrounded by trash and dismantled bicycles and a few other homeless. He, see, he suffers from an untreated mental illness and refuses to get help because, in his view, there is nothing wrong, which is extremely common schizophrenia. He hasn't worked in several years, has lost his family, job, friends, house, cars, and his old self. Um, he refused to apply for disability because he doesn't trust the government. His paranoia and delusions have taken away his ability to live with friends and or relatives because he will destroy things while in search of imagined cameras and eavesdropping devices. Oh, man. At the moment, we don't know which homeless camp he's in. Then they describe the cops keep an eye out and will let them know if they see him. 
Um, if the state provides him a home, now this is to the frequently heard argument from politicians that it's a housing crisis and we just need to get these people uh, subsidized housing and the rest of it. If the state provides him a home, then know that he will remove electrical fixtures like lights, sockets, and switches to look for listening devices or cameras. He may knock holes in the walls if he thinks someone is hiding inside the wall to spy on him. If there are rules at the housing facility, he'll disregard them. My hope is that the state will enact laws that allow a concerned parent or other responsible family member to get someone like my son off the streets to a safer place. For my son and many like him, providing providing housing is not the answer. Offering a roof over their head may not solve anything except to line the pockets of nonprofit agencies and make politicians think they are addressing the issue, or make it look like they are. Uh, thanks for the great show on keeping the listening public informed on the homelessness issue. It's a mental health issue, number one. After that, perhaps it's a drug issue. The housing thing is just, it's a different topic. The price of housing, different topic. So in that case of this particular, uh, that's heartbreaking, and I, oh, yeah. I, I, you know, our hearts go out to you, Carl. So they wish that the law allowed you to, as a family member, incarcerate somebody else. Uh, well, not a, well, yeah, get them committed to a mental institution that they can't leave. Right, exactly. Yeah. But here's the thing: there would be nobody that would argue that Carl, Carl's son, can take care of himself or is okay. Nobody. Sure. I mean, I don't, I don't want it like the old Soviet Union, where some uh, mid-level uh, apparatchik could declare, "Yes, he is mentally ill," and you would uh, be disappeared. We got to guard against that, but what we got going now is not good. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I like the way sparkling. They're not booing. They're saying Altuve. So the Astros getting booed at spring training by their own fans or by fans of other teams? By good and decent Americans, Jack, no matter their loyalties. (laughs) Cheating cheaters. Boo! And would you trade a World Series run for getting booed at spring training a couple of years later? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so we got Here it. Here we go, cheating. Here we go. <laughs> oh, we got this text. There's a hole in your mouth where your tooth once was. Somebody's making money. Oh, boy. Huh? What? What? No? what? Just thought that theme should continue for another week. Put that song back in your head again. Oh, thanks. Got a debate tonight. What did I do to deserve this? Your, I keep, your sins. I keep forgetting that Bloomberg is on the stage. Yeah, I'm actually a little bit excited for the first, say, 45 minutes of it. I know me. I'll, I'll have had enough by then. But if there's some good, to, you know, rocking and socking, I'll enjoy that. How, how do you not have at least one candidate? Amy Klobuchar, Pete, prob- most likely. It seems like it's got to be Bloomberg. This is his whole raison d'etre for, for getting into the race in the first place. I would think he would stand up there and say, look, we're not going to ha- elect a president who's got a history of praising Fidel Castro. Yeah, You just lost Cuba for the Democrats. 
Quote some of the various politicians in Cuba that came out yesterday and said, my people are not going to vote for a candidate who <laughs> praises Fidel Castro. Yeah. I mean, hit him hard on this. You lost Cuba or Florida? Florida, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. You lost Florida. Florida's the one that's attached. Cuba's yeah. the island. Yeah. People <laughs> in Florida get to vote. Yeah. Um, you lost <laughs> well, Florida for, for the Democrats. You have to win Florida to become president. Somebody who praised Castro will not win Florida. It's that simple. Will anybody say that out loud? You know, I got to ask my Cuban American friend what he thinks of this. Although when I ask him, I I got to oh, like did you, clear the next ten minutes of my life because he will rant and rave. Did you follow any of the coverage on that yesterday? There were a number of politicians, Democrats, who came out and said that is unacceptable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and Chris or um, uh, Joe Scarborough this morning on Morning Joe on MSNBC saying there's no way you can win Florida. Being pro Castro, it's a you're doomed. Yeah, I mean that's from Democrats who want to beat Trump more than anything. Well, and as we discussed earlier, it is so strange and indefensible. Well, you explained it. You're the only person I've heard explain it. Bernie saying, "Well, when Castro uh, came into power at the point of a gun with Che Guevara." Um, and, and listen, the previous regime was no trait, but anyway. Uh, Sounds he, like a paradise for partying, though. I was reading about that last oh, night. Oh, yeah. Batista, who ran Cuba before Fidel Castro, you know, the, the straight out of the Godfather movie. That's what it looked like back in the day. Mm-hmm. The mob ran the hotels. There were hookers and booze and bands. I mean, all the biggest acts in America would go down there. It was like the greatest party time hooker bands. In, in the history of the world. <laughs> bands entirely made up of hookers. Pre-1959 Cuba sounds right. like the best party ever. Yeah, but so uh, Bernie singling out, well, they had a literacy program. They taught people how to read, and China, China's lifted people out of p- poverty. Every country has a literacy program, and a lot of them have been great. Every industrialized country has lifted millions, hundreds of mi- billions out of poverty. Why are you singling out communist regimes? Bernie, why would you even defend that? Well, Jack, you nailed it. Because he's got a long record of praising them in the past. And now he has to say, well, I was uh, I was just praising their literacy program. Yeah, yeah, that's it. When I said Hugo Chavez was a great guy, I was talking about the uh, yeah, their, uh, their streets are really clean. they got great street sweepers there. It's not that I like those regimes. Oh, come on, Bernie. You lying we got We got a good text from somebody who said, would Bernie say... Um, Colonialism brought a tremendous amount of clean water, jobs, and literacy to many countries around the world. Well played, my friend. Brilliant point. Yeah. No, yeah. He, no he wouldn't. Because no, he doesn't not. believe in colonialism. He does believe in socialism. Right. He just thinks, I guess, that Fidel did it wrong. I was reading. It's always the same. It was the horseman, not the horse. The horse of socialism is a great system. We just need to guide it right. And you give me the enormous powers of the socialist leader, and I will guide you to a utopia. A horseman. Well, that's a new scam. A horseman. Horseman, man, horse. Let's not argue. <laughs> I hate when we fight. And the butt end is a, the man or a, the horse? A bojack horseman. Which part is the head? It doesn't matter. It really, they're interchangeable. <laughs> would that it were. Would that it were. Yeah, but a horse's ass. So there's a poll out uh, today with Biden still leading in South Carolina by like five points or something. Here's the behind the numbers thing you need to know is that the first half of the poll was taken before last week's debate, and Biden lead, led by 10 points. Mm, the strong. second half of the poll was taken after the debate, and it was a tie. You have momentum. 
Biden's going down, Bernie's going up. This idea is a bunch of malarkey. That averaged, <laughs> out, math, to, that averaged out to a five-point lead, but in, if those trends continue, and there's no reason to think they're not, especially after Bernie dominated in Nevada, Bernie's going to win South Carolina, and it is officially over. Wow. Wow. Will there be more spasms of horror and, and fear among the Democrats, or will they just manage it, make the best of it like the Republican establishment did with Trump? Right. They just had to make peace yeah. and thought, all right, we'll just oh, yeah. manage this the best oh, we yeah. can. And I saw so many never-Trumpers uh, like on Fox or various places um, switch all of a sudden. Look, this is our nominee, and I'm behind him. And I get that. I yeah. get that. It's a, it's well, a binary choice. Better than the alternative. Uh, listen, on a completely more earthy note, uh, have you ever dreamed of your beloved pet uh, staying with you forever? Well, you could just clone it over and over again. We have, coming up in moments, a CNN report about a family that cloned their dog. Awesome. I could also retell my uh, charming uh, dog wedding present story that we get you, requests for. You haven't told that in a long time. Yeah, I know. Well, it's it's a fave, and we'll do it in a second. But a quick word from our brand-new sponsor, the good folks at Simply Safe. They want to point out there are a couple ways you can go about protecting your home. The traditional way... Where you wait weeks, then a tech shows up, does a messy installation with wires everywhere, costs you a small fortune. Or the other way, Simply Safe, which is everything you need in a home security system, multiple award winning system. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It blankets your whole, whole home in, in safety, and anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour to set it up. And you do it yourself. It's you, easy. You do it yourself. And you'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice 24-7. It's only 50 cents a day. No contracts, because a lot of these systems out there, you have to sign up a contract you're stuck with. Yeah, not to mention the uh, you know the service fees and the rest of it. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong for more information. Get a free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. Risk-free. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. I get the sense on cloning anything, people or pets, people don't quite understand what they're talking about. No. You'll get a dog that looks just like the dog you had. Yes. But its personality is going to be as unique as any other dog's. Probably so. Yeah. Yeah. Genetics is a blueprint, but you still have to hire a contractor, and the thing still has to get built. Right, and then you got all the life experience. Well, the lying lies of CNN are uh, now working the cloned dog beat. Uh, Can we get that report, please? Come on, buddy. There you go. Your buddy's over here. Ziggy the dog is like a lot of other labs. Exuberant and very curious about our camera. Whoa, he got a nose print on the lens there. <laughs> He's David and Alicia Shearhart's second dog. Just kind of a memory collection of him. We have his ashes here. Their first lab was Marley, who they had for 12 years. They got Ziggy five years later. Their similarities uncanny. They have the same personality. They play the same. They Can like you pause favorite. that? I'm not All sure. freaking labs are similar. You, I've owned several of them. You put ten black labs in a room, you couldn't tell them apart. Mm. No way. <laughs> yeah, it has a very similar personality. Look, it's affectionate. Oh, <laughs> wow, the wonders of cloning. <laughs> That's because they are the same. It's like the same technology uh, that Dolly the sheep was cloned with a long time ago. Yes, Ziggy is a clone of Marley, made possible by a company called Viagen. The family made that decision right after Marley... Wait a minute, wait a minute. With Ziggy and Marley? Yes. And the guy sounds like he's stoned. I get it now. And he has little dip-essy understanding of dogs (laughs) and... Okay. All right. The evil weed raises his head again. (laughs) To them, he wasn't just a dog. They owed their lives to him. 
This was in 2014, and Alicia was about four months pregnant. They were on a hike on Battle Mountain. Stone. Alicia was looking for a walking stick. Suddenly saw Marley dart out in front of me. Marley sensed something that Alicia did not. Saw this really big stick, and so I was focused on grabbing that, and I didn't even see the snake until Marley came and was clawing. A coiled rattlesnake had been right next to the stick, but slithered away when Marley jumped in. It was just really special. Now, with the growing family, they were ready to bring Marley back. It's gone beyond my expectations as far as what Ziggy would be. Viagen's website lists the cost as $50,000. Oh, there's the punchline. Hey, dude, if I clone you, do I get another Simpleton? <laughs> Small price to pay to give life to a dog. <laughs> Save theirs. I just couldn't think of any better way to, to do that, to have, you know, over, you know, their years growing up, to have, have Ziggy around. To our, our lab, that was, like, totally affectionate and wagged us a lot. It, one day, it, it, it saw a snake and barked and saved my wife, and so we thought, well, we need a lab just like that. So we spent $50,000, and now we got another lab that's affectionate and wags its tail and barks at snakes. I'm concerned that... Well, it took us $50,000. I'm concerned that if I clone you, the moron gene won't go along with it, and I'll get how a different he, person. How did he get $50,000? That's a good question. He's got to have rich family. Oh, yeah, family money. That, that yeah. sounds like I know a few or an people... an insurance like, settlement. I know a few people like this. That sounds like family money. He No, he chewed on a high-voltage line <laughs> at age 25 <laughs> and got a $5 million insurance settlement. <laughs> Unfriggin' believable. He ate a Tide Pod and settled for a million dollars. You know, maybe you ought to meet, like, another lab and understand you don't got to clone them. No. They're everywhere. Spend a couple of minutes at, like, uh, a lab breeder. Yeah. And I think you'll think, you know, there is a uh, sameness among these labs. Oh, my God. Did you clone Ziggy eight times? <laughs> no! This is what these dogs are. <laughs> They're all more or less like this. So I clone them? <laughs> no! No! Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Justify to the American people having an acting DNI with no intelligence. Okay, first of all, I want no help from any country, and I haven't been given help from any country. And if you see what CNN, your wonderful network, said, uh, I guess they apologized in a way for, didn't they apologize for the fact that they said certain things that weren't true? Tell me, what was their apology yesterday? What did they say? Mr. President, I think our record on delivering the truth is a lot better than yours sometimes. Your record you don't mind is, me your, let me tell you about your record. Your record is so bad, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You have probably I'm the not worst ashamed record. Of anything in our you probably have the worst record in the history of broadcasting. All right. I'm glad we made it three hours without uh, saying the name or hearing the, 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 the voice of Donald Trump, because I think it's good for America to spend less time thinking about the president and the grandstanding Jim Acosta there as well. God, and CNN is so weak for continuing to have him do stunts to try to get in the news, mm-hmm. and we went along with it. But uh, to get him uh, to get him played, it's it's not journalism. It's not an attempt to break news. It's just to get in the you know a soundbite, clickbait. Yeah, really? it's just it's yeah. so weak. Let so me tell you about your record. Your record is so bad, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, well, um, here's one of these stories. 
<laughs> Did I sell it? Did I really sell it oh, to yeah. you with that tone? I am on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Here's one of these stories. Again. <laughs> University of Oklahoma apologizes after professor uses N-word. Oh, for the love of heaven. Universe- Did he call somebody an N? Did he suggest that black people are somehow inferior? Because that would be objectionable. No, he was reading from a an historical document that uses the N-word repeatedly. You know what? Come on in, China. We are so dumb. We are so unable to think critically. You deserve the leadership of the world if we're going to be this dumb. The university has apologized, you see. Um, so this professor... Uh, read from some historical document that uses the N-word repeatedly, and he even said beforehand that this this document has the word in it. I'm going to say it. If that triggers you, I'm sorry. Blah, blah, blah. Leave the class. Go uh, embrace one of our, our, our counseling puppies. My guess would be that he was reading the document to make the point of how racist this person or era or something was. Of course. I mean, the point was on the side of not being racist, I'm almost certain. What? Um, what? But it didn't matter. We're the, too dumb for that. University of uh, Oklahoma has China. apologized. Come on in, China. But the president of the University of Oklahoma is saying it does not lessen the pain caused by the use of the word. You know, we I, are just, we are, these are college students. These are supposed to be some of the smart people. And if we can't handle that sort of situation, I mean, good Lord. While simultaneously... Hip-hop music is proudly using the word over and over again. I watched, what was the uh, what was the movie, It's Hard Out There for a Pimp, won the uh, Academy Award for the song? Saw some of that on the cable the other day. Man, that is the N-bomb droppingest movie ever made. Please. But in a, a an academic discussion, a professor can't enunciate it as if he says Voldemort, and it's some magic spell. I, I swear we're just too dumb to function as a country anymore. We need a conservator. Maybe Sweden would act as our conservator. Tell us where to go and what to do. We had a conversation earlier about homelessness and drug addiction with Dr. Drew and that sort of thing. We've got a podcast out there you can check out at armstrongandgetty.com. We did get this text at our text line, which is the best place to get texts. 415-295-KFTC. I have been on the addicted side of this at the street level. Would this mean you were a... Homeless person, probably. Mm-hmm. Addicted. Sounds sounds like it, yeah. Long since clean, but by my, but, but it was by my choice and no other reason. 90% of these people will not accept help, I promise. Disincentive and stopping the supply is the only way. That's one person's opinion. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's his view of it, or her view of it, having been an addict. Because Dr. Drew's belief is you got to put these people in a rehab and get them clean. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not near as optimistic as Dr. Drew is that that's going to do any good. Well, uh, the the person's point is, I think it's absolutely a valid one, and there are plenty of people who can relate to perhaps moving from college to the real world. You're in a, a, an environment that makes it very easy to behave badly. Maybe you're smoking too much pot or drinking too much or staying up all night, whatever. But the, it's at college, it's easy to get away with that. Then you go to a situation where it's much more difficult to do that, and you stop because you got to. So, yeah, we got this text. I quit when I got at the bottom in a jail cell. There are plenty of people who say the same thing. I don't know if that is required or not. If you want to give them two, three shots to get clean through some sort of mandatory cleaning up program, drug court, whatever, that's fine. But the the idiotic, fanciful policies of Cal Unicornia that you just steal and steal and steal and steal and steal. 
you know, use and use, deal and deal. Just just keep going and going. We will never give you any consequences. The idea that that's somehow compassionate is just, well, it's as dumb as that other thing we were talking about. It's as dumb as the guy cloning his dog and thinking he's done something <laughs> clever. Just what what color is the sky in your world? Is is Marianne Williamson on the stage tonight? <clears throat> no, no, no. She's she's long since been out, and I believe she officially endorsed Bernie Sanders uh, late last Hul- week. Julian Castro on stage tonight? No, no, not unless he's. Uh... How about Beto O'Rourke? No, also but also how, not competing. How about some of these callbacks that seem like they're from five years ago, that were part of this go round? Of becoming the Democratic nominee. Then you've got that barbershop quartet of anonymous white guys oh, like that's Delaney right. and, <laughs> right. and McGillicuddy and O'Toole. Bennett? Bennett? Yeah, Michael Bennett. That oh, sounds O'Hallahan. Like that's right. Who's the uh, Bullock? I All still right. am mystified that he didn't get farther. The the, the governor of Montana. Hickenlooper. Remember him? He went to go see pornos with his mom. There you go. That was fun. That seems like it was five years ago. Right? <laughs> still part of this race. And there's yet the, the, uh, debate number 11, I think it is. 10 or 11 tonight. Mm, that's plenty. You know what I was thinking of this you morning? You can't run a Whole Foods race. And what I insist is still a Campbell's Soup Nation. Man, you nailed it there. So true, Brian. <laughs> uh, I was thinking the other day. I remember it was the day the uh, impeachment verdict was finally official. You said... In two weeks, this is going to seem like it was five years ago. Absolutely correct. Boy, impeachment. People were talking about, will impeachment resonate resonate on Election Day? Impeachment doesn't resonate now. No. (laughs) For who is that part of their life? It was a mildly embarrassing episode from earlier in our lives. Gave us something to talk about for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. You know what we haven't talked about is the public charge ruling where uh, the Supreme Court said, yeah, you you can require people to uh, be self-sufficient to get a green card. They do that lots of places. A lot of countries do that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what we've done forever. We're a nation of immigrants, which included tests to make sure you could self-support, that you're healthy, and the rest of it. I knew somebody wanted to move to Canada, and they couldn't prove that they uh, could support themselves well enough to get to go. Racist Canadians.